Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and I'll be riding solo this week. The Rangers have hit their first roadblock this season officially, and I have to talk about all of this now by myself because school is too crazy for me to get a guest. I'm here to tell you that even though the Rangers might be struggling, it's not time to hit the metaphorical panic button. So let's get into it. So the Rangers have had their fair share of defensive issues and odd man rush issues. Um, since that game against Columbus in mid-November, um, people have noticed. But to me, I didn't really notice it because the Rangers were winning. And it's kind of hard to, to tell because the winds cover up all, all that stuff. Kind of like how back in the, the 22 season, Shesterkin and the, the power play was, was covering up the Rangers' uh, 5v5 issues, and they never solved that, and that's kind of how they you know, got eliminated against the, the Lightning. Um, that contributed to the reason. They didn't adjust their, uh, they didn't adjust their issues there, and uh, you know, they got bounced in the, the third round. But you know, I think the defense... Defensive issues, it's a combination of poor coverage, bad turnovers, and puck watching. Maybe a little bit of uh, a lack of back-checking in there, too. But not too much. I don't think it's, like, lack of effort from the guys. You know, the Rangers have played pretty hard all year. Um, up until this point, the Rangers were 5-0 and uh, after losing. So they hadn't lost two games in a row all season. And it took until December 9th, which is what is this, 25, 26 games in. That's pretty crazy that they're able to do that. Think about where the Rangers were at this time last year. And this was around the, this is the exact time pretty much that there was uh, rumors that Gallant was going to get fired. And then the Rangers won that game against the Blues and they went on a ridiculous streak and everything kind of turned around for them. But I don't think the Rangers are at that point right now. Um, it's funny because I think the way the Rangers are playing right now, this is what I was expecting that them to look like at the very start of the season. If you go back to one of the episodes before the season even started, I made a prediction that was like, all right, the Rangers are going to be like five, a 500 team the first month or two of the season, get used to the new system. But that didn't happen at all. That was actually like a melted take. And the Rangers actually flourished under La Violette's system. They were winning a lot of games and they were scoring a lot of goals. But now it's uh, it's like it's it's going back to what I had expected in the beginning. So I am surprised, but at the same time, I'm not surprised because it's like kind of growing pains. You're not going to go 82 and 0 in the season. That's why I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Um, even still, I'll get I'll get more into it later when we get to the ice cold take segment. Um, but you know, the Rangers, I'm not I'm not too worried about as of as of right now, even though they have their defensive issues. Uh, kind of reminds me, too, of uh, when 
Alain Vigneault first became head coach in 2013-14. Um, the Rangers struggled early in the season, gave up a lot of odd man rushes because the defense been pitched in a lot, pinched in a lot, and it was a new system. Remember, Olf Samuelson joined, and the Rangers under John Tortorella, it was really like everybody back, cover the front of the net, play some defense, block shots. But then AV steps in, and you know it's okay for the defenseman to jump in. First month of that season, first month or two of that season, they jumped in a lot, led to a lot of odd man rushes. Hankwood had to, you know, face a lot of those, and he couldn't stop all of them. And with the Rangers right now, Igor Shosturkin is just not as good as Henrik Lundqvist ever was. Um, I remember, which is funny because I remember people made that comparison. You know, could Shosturkin be as good or better than Lundqvist during his first season? or not his first season, his Vezina winning season. Um, and I always thought that was a bit ridiculous because, you know, Lundqvist was so damn good. Like, he played at such a high level so consistently. I didn't think it was possible. So we're seeing Shesterkin right now. He looks like an average goaltender. He's letting in shots right now that he hasn't in the past. And But I think any goaltender... Any uh, like an average goaltender would let those in, so I think the Rangers finally need to start playing in front of the goalie for once instead of just relying on him. And I do think they play a lot different in front of Shesterkin than they do in front of Quick. They're back checking a lot harder under when Quick is in net than when Shesterkin is there. And I think I don't think that's right. I think that that needs to change. If the Rangers are going to be a true Cup contender, that needs to change. Um, and with the Rangers' struggles defensively, I don't think, uh, due to the cap situation, situation, I don't think there's a magic button they can push and just acquire a player that will help solve their problems. Yeah, like the de- defense is an issue right now. 5v5 issues, I think Kreider's Zibanejad is a problem. Even though I made a prediction that Zibanejad would, you know, step it up offensively. And recently he has gotten chipped in some 5v5 points. But I just don't think Kreider and Zibanejad are really a fit anymore. Uh, I like the line changes LaViolette rolled out in that game against Nashville. They started with Kreider, Zibanejad, Wheeler, and then, of course, Pinner and Trocek, Lafreniere. And then in the second period, he moved them. He mixed them up a little bit. He put, he swapped Zibanejad and Trocek. So it was Pinner and Zibanejad, Lafreniere. And then it was Kreider, Trocek. And he moved Wheeler down to the fourth line and put Johnny Brodzinski up with Chris Kreider. And I have the, the stats pulled up for that game. Uh, natural stat trick. The Rangers, Chris Kreider, Chris, uh, Vincent Trocek, and Johnny Brodzinski played 6-13 at 5-on-5. Five five. That was their time on ice. They had 8 Corsi 4, 3 Corsi against its uh, Corsi 4 percentage of 72.73%. That's really good. Uh, let's look at the the they had two goals for and none against. Um, expected goals for percentage was seventy six point oh one percent. That's really good. And then the scoring chances for they had five four and two against. That's seventy one point four three percent. So very small sample size, only six minutes. But historically, I think Kreider and Trocheck, Kreider and Trocheck play really really well together because their play styles match up. This is something that, going back to previous episodes of the podcast, I've talked about with Drew Way. He's mentioned before 
that you have to match the play styles. I don't think Kako was was as noticeable this year. Some people were saying that, you know, it's a big loss that he's not here. I don't think so, really. I think Kreider and Zabanja need to figure out their own stuff here, and Kreider's got to stop. <laughs> can't just score it on the power play. He's got to score at even strength, and that's a problem. So I think Kreider and Trotrick, maybe they try something like Kreider, Trotrick, Vizi because Vizi's playing really well. But then what do you do with the fourth line? If VZ comes up, then is the fourth line going to suffer? Barkley Goudreau's out, and we know how he's uh, been playing. He hasn't really been helped. Uh, Riley Nash was pretty invisible tonight, like aside from his first couple shifts uh, in replacement of Goudreau. I don't think he's here to stay. I think Goudreau's going to slot right back in. Um, but this is not like an issue this is not something where the rangers can just like all right here trade for this guy here trade for that guy let's go get karasenko they have like a pubic hair of of cap space honestly uh if you look on cap friendly you'll see like oh my gosh the rangers have what is it 5.762 million dollars in cap space but that's because of ltir um they can't abuse ltir because Kako is supposed to come back before the end of the regular season. So if he comes back at the in the playoffs, then they could do it. But because he's coming back, he's supposed to be healthy before then. And Hedo's supposed to come back soon anyways. I don't know when the timetable is. Uh, we know that he's been skating for the team on his own. But he's, there's no like timetable for him to return. Lavillette said that he's, he'll be back this season. That doesn't really tell us anything. Um, but the Rangers are missing Heedle for sure. I think he would help the depth a lot, especially at center. And uh, I don't think the third line has been pretty that effective. I think uh, has played well still. But Benino, it's it's hard for him because he's not really a third-line player. He's a fourth-line guy. Wins a lot of phase off, still blocking shots and stuff. But offensively, there's not too much he could chip in on. Okay, um, so the comeback against Nashville it didn't look it didn't look like the Rangers were going to to win that game, but they made those line changes in the second period, and I thought they looked great after that. Then the next game they played it back to back. They they played against San Jose at home, and they went up six to three in the third period, and it looked like all right, this is gonna be an easy win, cruise to victory, and then all of a sudden San Jose scores two quick ones, and then they make it like really really close. And, you know, you're on the edge of your seat. You're like, all right, what's going on here? The Rangers allowed, like, more than 10 high-danger chances in that game, according to Valakette's model, I think. That's a problem. And then that, and then that also carried over to the game against Ottawa on, on Monday or Tuesday. No, Tuesday. It was Tuesday. They went down 2 nothing, and uh, they gave up four or five rush chances that were – Goals by Ottawa. Tarasenko, of course, scored. He scored twice. Kachuk had a couple, I think, one or two, maybe. And the Rangers just weren't weren't that good. They bounced. They they responded twice, like quickly, uh, on goals by Ottawa. But you know, it just wasn't enough. They lost six to two. And then tonight, obviously, the bad game against Washington. They got a little unlucky. They hit three or four posts. Lafreniere looked good, but that's it. Like the Rangers just weren't that good tonight they weren't they weren't good like i'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt tonight because uh they suck defensively 
they let in a goal 43 seconds in, and it looked like the forwards were all just watching, watching the play happen. Uh, Keandre Miller had a bad mistake later in the game. The Rangers were down 2-0. He pinched in needlessly and led to an odd man rush, of course, the other way. Tom Wilson beats Chester in the glove side, and the Caps go up 3-0, and the Rangers get shut out for the first time this season. You know, it took 25 games for that to happen, so, you know, the Rangers must be doing something right. Um, but like I said, this is what I was expecting to happen at the very start of the season. It's just, you know, it's hard. It's it's hard because you're, you're winning and you're enjoying the winning as a fan. But then when you see the losing happen, you all of a sudden just want to panic, whatever. I don't think the Rangers should blow it up. I think they're still a good team. I don't think they should trade every single player, all the defensemen they have. I don't think they could do that. And then, like I said, it's not like they could send somebody down or bench somebody and call somebody up. They don't have any options. Like Zach Jones is not a viable, to me, he's not a viable option. Maybe analytically, but eye test wise, I haven't seen anything really, except for when he plays in the offensive zone. I haven't seen anything that stands out to me as, you know, being something that they could, you know, use from him. Um, and these trades, like, unless they make lateral one for one trades, like, like a Schneider for a, a defenseman that replaces him, like a like a, a top six defenseman, or a Miller for a top four defenseman, something like that. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's the kind of move that the Rangers are going to have to make and to offset the salary because right now it's just it's really it's really tight. Um, they're not going to have a lot of space at the deadline. They're not going to be able to accrue that much cap space. I know I. I tweeted, I said, like, oh, maybe because they put Hedo on LTIR, they're, they're going to make a move. I don't know about that. I don't know if they're going to they're gonna do that. I know that they have been scouting. Uh, they have been scouting some teams. I'm going to pull it up right now. The other night, they were at the Montreal game. It said that there was a Rangers scout in attendance. I don't know. Maybe they're looking at Sean Monaghan because I know his name's been floating around. I don't really like that name. I don't think he's... He's that good. I think he's just having a, a pretty good year. I don't want. I don't think the Rangers should bite the bullet on that one. Should take the bait for that. I think the guys you're looking at are Anthony Duclair, Matthew Joseph. Um, those guys are are good, and Jordan Eberle of the the Kraken. I think Duclair for me would be a really really good complement for Kreider and Zibanejad if Laviolette decides to keep them together. I think he should experiment with Kreider Trocheck just because historically. Last year, they played really, really well together. I remember, Kreider, Trocek, VZ was a good line. It was a good line that uh, Gallant made that change around at the end of December last season. And uh, it worked out pretty well analytically. Um, I think you should try that again. You know, hopefully getting Hedl back will, you know, boost that third line a little bit. I don't think they're going to put him between Panarin and Lafreniere again just because Trocek has been on fire. He's had, like, I think it's like 17 points and I don't even know how many games. It's been it's been a lot. I'm going to pull up his stats right now. So Vincent Trocek stats. Here we go. 22 points in 23 games. That's pretty good. So he's got a lot in in the last couple games for sure. Um, I think he's been worth pretty much everything of that contract. He's winning a lot of face-offs. The entire team is winning a lot of face-offs. But the Rangers are not the best team in the league. Um, I I know that 
power rankings wise, they're ranking him at number one. I don't think they I don't think they are anymore. It was a great good run to start the season. And you know what? I don't have a problem with it that they're that they're not number one. Because it's and I'm gonna jump in I'm just gonna do it right now. Here's the ice cold take segment here. Ice cold take is an accurate statement backed by facts and observations that is solid in nature, similar to a block of ice, i.e. spot on claim. So my ice cold take is I'd rather the Rangers just be considered a playoff team and not a cup contender on the same level as Boston or Tampa Bay. The reason for that is because you have all you have a target on your back, right? Like all the teams are out gunning for you. Look at what happened to Boston last year. Look at what happened to Tampa Bay when they had that record setting year. They got swept in the first round. Boston last year up three one. Florida comes back and wins in Game Seven. All goes all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. How many years did the Avalanche were they like the front runners and they get knocked out? Even going back years to when Tortorella was coach of the Rangers, when Vancouver, when AV was coach of that team, how many times they got knocked out in the first round when they won the President's Trophy? Even Washington in 2010, they were the President's Trophy winners. They got knocked out in the first round by eight seeded Montreal in seven games. So I'm fine with just making the playoffs. I know it would be nice to win the division and get home ice advantage, but I don't think that pressure is what the, the Rangers need. If you go back, I don't think this is a, the roster is very good. I don't have a problem with it. I love all the players on the team. I just don't think it compares. It stacks up like face to face with on paper with like Tampa Bay. So what you need to happen is, a team like the Rangers can beat Tampa Bay, can beat Boston, but I just don't think it's the same that they should be placed on the same level. So if you go back to 2013-14, the Rangers had a very balanced roster, right? But they weren't the best team in the league. Like the best team that year was Boston. You know, those teams, the LA, LA wasn't even, they, they weren't even considered the best team. But when they won, they weren't the best team either. Again, so... I'm just thinking historically, you know, it's better if the the Rangers show that they're, you know, not at the tip top. You know what I mean? Don't put the target on your back. Go through your adversity. Get the losses out of the way now. Be a good team. You don't have to win every game. But when it comes playoff time, that's when you switch it into high gear. And I know that the message from LaViolette has been you need to play like you're in the playoffs every game. And I love that. I love that, but with these guys, I don't know these the, this this core guys. It's they have they have a knack for you know not showing up, not starting games properly. I mean, you saw it tonight, forty three seconds. They they'll fall asleep at the wheel every now and then. It's just a habit that needs to get corrected, and I think it it can. I think it can. I think the Rangers can fix this defensive issue. He was even talking about it today, actually. Lafayette, I'll pull up the quote here. Um, I was actually. Uh, pretty surprised. Actually, uh, Lindgren, Ryan Lindgren, uh, faced off against Charlie Lindgren. Fun fact in the game against Washington. But here's what Laviolette said. He talked about the Rangers' defensive issues being part of ebbs and flows of a season. This is from Vince Mercagliano, of course, everybody's favorite reporter. I promise you five days from now we'll be chatting about something else that popped up and we'll have to deal with that. And then once we try to put that to bed, something else will come up. That's just the way the wor- it works. You know, the season's long. Not going to win every game, 
You're going to go through your struggles. Shit happens. You know what I mean? But it's how you deal with it. The Rangers, I, I tweeted this out. The Rangers passed their first test of adversity without Fox, without Heedle. They passed it with flying colors. They were 8-1-1 one, one in those 10 games without Fox. And now this is their second test of adversity. Can they correct the defense? It's crazy how the stark contrast and how they started the season at 5v5 and how they're going right now. At the start of the season, the first month, October, they were second, second in 5v5 defending against the rush. Second. They were like almost one of the worst teams 5v5 on the rush offense. They were like 27th. Now you go two months later, two months, and the Rangers are almost dead last. I think they're dead last in defending the rush at 5v5. And they're one of the better teams at 5v5 in scoring off the, on, off the rush. It's, it's crazy. I would go into games as a fan. I go into games. I know what the Rangers issue is. They cannot score at 5v5. I go into games thinking, please score on 5v5. Come on, please get something going tonight. Please have long, sustained offensive zone shifts. Please. And now I'm going into games. Fans are going to go into games thinking, please defend this. Please don't give up an odd man rush. Please don't give up an odd man rush. Like, it's, it's crazy how that 180, how that makes a difference how a couple months makes a difference and i was listening to to uh, a couple podcasts uh vince and steve valiquette were talking about how the rangers might be cheating for offense and you know not back checking as hard i think the rangers got to correct that and they're playing they're going to be playing some good teams i saw in the, their schedule tomorrow they're going to be playing the kings the kings are they set the record for most consecutive wins on the road to start a season with 11 I don't know if they beat the Islanders tonight. Let's see. The, I, no, the Islanders won an OT. So the, the, the Kings still haven't lost in regulation on the road this season. So you know they're going to be looking to, to come back there. Uh, it's not going to be an easy game tomorrow. Quick's probably going to be in net. I expect the Rangers to come out a lot harder, but I also expect LA to come out even harder. Um, that's what she said. But, you know, that the Rangers, the Rangers, are gonna have a, a tough battle t- tomorrow. It might not be pretty. I'm just I'm I'm warning everybody right now. We might see 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 some uh, some hot takes on on Twitter on social media. So I'm not hitting the panic button yet. I think the Rangers will be fine. I think they're gonna correct it. And I don't think that they should call up Offman or Berard or any of these guys in the AHL. Let Offman develop. Don't call him up too early. Let him develop down there. He's playing well. He's on fire. Apparently, it's like 10, goal, 10 points in his last, like, within the last 10 games for sure. I didn't see the exact stat, but he's been lighting it up down there. So he scored a couple nice goals. But Offman still needs to, still needs to, you know, get adjusted to, you know, the professional level here. Like, I don't, I don't trust him enough to, to come up here and be a permanent solution because let's say you call him up right and he has like a first a good five games first five games let's say and then he tapers off was it really worth it like i mean you give him a cup of coffee for sure but like i don't think calling him up to be the solution is is the right idea here 
I think the Rangers have to work with work out what they have here. Uh, Wheeler has not been great. I understand that. He's got to figure it out. Um, either that or, you know, Brodzinski, they have a lot of faith in that guy. I don't think he's really anything special, but he plays hard. He plays hard. He shoots the puck. It's something that the Rangers need. He needs to produce, though. That's what the Rangers need, production. If they're going to put him in that top six spot, production. That's why I'm saying with how VZ is playing this year, I think it might be time to move him up, even though I doubted moving him because it would uh, it would negatively impact the fourth line. In my opinion, I think the Rangers should should try it out and see what happens. Kreider, Trocek, VZ, send it. I think that's what the Rangers should do. Um, but that's all I have for, me, for everybody today, uh, for this week. A uh, short episode of the podcast, wrapping up this semester of school. So hopefully I'll get some bigger guests on here during my winter break and in the month that I have off. So uh, Ice Cold Takes fans, thanks so much for listening. Cue the outro. I'll see you guys next week. Hey, Rangers fans. Thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay.